Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts and friends, Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, Together, the three of us are about to go on a handicapping journey uh, through the 11-game slate on Thursday night. That's nothing compared to the 16 games we saw on Tuesday and Nothing compared to the one game we'll see on Wednesday night. Uh, we are recording before Caps and Devils, but neither of them are in action on Thursday. So not too much uh, to worry about there. As always, uh, we're going to start out with our favorite underdog picks for Thursday night. We're kind of all over the board here. A couple short dogs and a big dog. Uh, Nick, you can go first. So some listeners might cringe at the thought of going back on the Flyers after that tough loss in Vegas, but as an underdog versus a wild team that I'm kind of still trying to find spots to fade. I like it. I think it's a good time to get on it. Don't love that they're traveling back from Vegas for this one. That's kind of the only downside, but I think catching them at home versus kind of a a wild team that I really think hasn't shown that much. They've kind of played in some sloppy, ugly games and, and found a way to come out on the right side of it. But I just Philly with Carter Hart and goal, They're doing a lot of things well. They're controlling play at a high level. I still think the fact that they're supposed to be kind of a joke is leaking into the market here. And then the other thing, when I look at this team, the roster is really not that bad anymore, right? Like, I think that's the main thing. Maybe I'm being, you know, a little generous, but I just look at it and I think if Couturier is going to be a legit top line center and the rest of the offense is kind of getting a little deeper, um, there's definitely some guys we're not happy to bet on on the back end, but Overall, this is a, a pretty good team, and I, I think that the numbers we're seeing uh, Wednesday are very playable on them. Yeah, Phillies, I saw today, they were still 8-1 to one, uh, to make the playoffs. Their updated season point total is 76.5, so not too much change in terms of like their big-picture outlook, but I agree with you. I think just in the short term, this is a, absolutely a, a, a bet-on team, and uh, I'll talk about them a little bit later in the show. Tim, uh, any thoughts on... Tim, any thoughts on uh, Philly and Minnesota before you give out your dog? Yeah, I'm I'm obviously on Philly here too. Um, I'm not 
I, I think Nick, you nailed it with the Minnesota's caught teams in some favorable favorable spots. And I also think that just coming off that big win against the Oilers, super strong third period on Tuesday night. Um, I think that Philly's going to be a little hungrier than they are. And Philly's been a surprising start and um, I'm still jumping on. I, you nailed it. Play from Couturier. It's been Couturier has been really, you know, really good. He's been a stud for them again. So it was kind of like a see it to believe it situation with him uh, coming back after last season. So I'm, I'm, they're a play on team right now. Simple as that. All right, uh, and your underdog for today, Thursday? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking in the same state. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I, they are playing the undefeated Colorado Avalanche. Wow, Tim, you absolute idiot moron. What, what, what are you doing fading the Avalanche? Well, this is the underdog segment. So, you know, I don't love um, a lot of the dogs on this board, but I land here on Pittsburgh Ultimately, because of um, buy low, sell high type situation. We talked about it with the Red Wings and the Kraken the other night, and I think this is kind of the same thing. The sky is falling in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was reading a lot of uh, Pittsburgh media today, and it's just this is a mess. You know, sound the alarms. Is Sullivan going to lose his job? And I think that, you know, usually when the betting market or the, the narrative is something that a team has done, that's when, as a better, you want to bet on that team. Unfortunately, it's against the Colorado Avalanche, but I do think, you know, hey, they're going to have to lose at one point here. So uh, it's more about playing on Pittsburgh and hoping we get a, a big response from them. Because if not, I think Sullivan might indeed get fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Pittsburgh looks like they're in a good spot here. And, and we'll try again. We, we uh, thought that this might be the case for the Islanders game against the Avalanche on Tuesday night, but... I would assume that Alexander Georgiev gets the night off on Thursday. He's played all their games. Maybe Bednar wants to keep going with the hot hand until they lose. You can see that. But at some point, you got to get uh, Ivan Provisov a, a game and think that they should be trying to keep Georgiev as fresh as possible. And uh, this this looks like a, a decent spot for it. So this Penguins number might go down uh, is, is the point I'm making uh, when – we hear the goalie starts on Thursday. Uh, Nick, before we, we move on from this game and get into the big board, you I just want to turn it over to you about Nathan McKinnon props because uh, you, you were talking about this after the show yesterday a little bit, and you'll hear the narrative uh, about McKinnon versus Crosby, two Cole Harbor boys going at it, uh, two first overall picks. And I think you put it right. Like There are times when you do want to start playing into some narratives, of course tread carefully wait they're from the, they're from the same place you wouldn't believe it tim really? and you're not gonna hear about it weirdly you won't hear about it all game long tomorrow the, bar, the broadcast well, should maybe really? mention it once in a while yeah so i just i think you want to you know factor it in here and there but it's one of those things i think people get confused when they talk about narratives all the time and then say things like can't miss the times that they they work out and then the times they don't they just like pretend it never happened but I mean, one of the main reasons I like this too is just because of the way that I think McKinnon matches up versus the Penguins. Like on top of the fact that he's always, he clearly is up for these games. Like he does like to face off against Crosby and kind of test himself and, you know, show his worth on that front. But I do think it's always just been a pretty great matchup versus the Pens, right? Like we all know they're not going to defend the rush great this year at all. They've been giving up a ton of goals right after zone entries. McKinnon's a zone entry machine. Rantanen looks so good. So 
it'll be one I keep my eye on. But the other thing is the way the play is going. Like his numbers might just be so juiced that you're just you can't do it. I think so. Yeah, it's like an alt. We'll see where that goes. Like, yeah, exactly. And it does seem when he's dialed in, he's pretty money for shots. Like you could just go like six or seven and and take the plus number and give it a chance. So I'll have my eye on that. Uh, my favorite underdog uh, once again gonna try to beat the Boston Bruins. Fools Aaron, perhaps, as they are also undefeated, one of three remaining along with the Knights and Avs. But the Ducks are plus 260, and I said it on the Tuesday show that this Ducks team, I think, really profiles well in these kind of spots at these kind of numbers because they do have the offensive upside. That upside is certainly helped when Trevor Segers isn't benched for an entire period uh, in overtime, although they they got away with it against Columbus. Uh, So I don't know. I think this Anaheim team is just better – than we thought. I think they're bettable and a play on team for me uh, right now, Nick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I think it's the Ducks or nothing. I'd definitely say, like, I wouldn't encourage anyone, you know, leave the Bruins off your parlays and all that crap because <laughs> I think it's not it's a tough spot, yeah. the time. Maybe look, you could maybe try to look at the Ducks winning the first period or something like that. I think I've had a little more success trying to fade Boston on that front in some of these kind of scrappy spots. It feels like they always just find their game by the third and then win it by a goal or a late empty net or two. But I agree that the Ducks are playing really competitive hockey. And this is, again, just a humongous price. So I don't know if I want to bet it yet, but I agree. And Boston did kind of show, like they did the one tough matchup versus the Kings. They played really well. But a ton of people have been talking about how much of a joke the schedule's been. Like it's almost been weird that it worked out to be this soft. So they're it'll be really interesting to see where the Sabres are, or the Bruins are at like three weeks from now when they've played some good teams. Tim, anything on Ducks and Bees before we get going on the rest of the sleep? Are we really doing yeah. this? Are we really doing this again? It's also that classic just... spot too, like long road trip, cross the country, first game home. Every Bruins, every They're spot so... to fade the Bruins is classic spot. They're like yeah, spot that's the thing. proof. They're so good They're at just racking up points. This, they used to be, this is like a, you know, lick your chops Claude Julian lay an egg spot and they don't do it anymore. No. So I'm I'm saying I'm not doing this again right now in 24 hours. Um yeah, I'm probably going to bet the Ducks. Well, and it, like at some point it does get to to where like you have to credit these teams that always always find a way. Almost like when it's been this for two regular seasons and then we were talking about this with the Flames where it's the exact reverse. Yeah, like every game you see the accounts being like oh, the third line played to an 80% expected goals and all this stuff <laughs> like that. And it's like, all right, well, they never score and they never win the close ones. So I, I, I basically just saying Boston continues to prove to be the reverse of that where they're they're finding ways. Goalies are good too. Uh, yeah, that helps a lot. All right, let's go through uh, the big board here. Kraken traveling to Carolina, Seattle with a gutsy win in Motown over the Red Wings on Tuesday night, uh, or plus... 160, the, the Hurricanes minus 192 after a loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, shutout loss, and the over-under is six and a half. I feel like a lot of people are going to be tempted by this Kraken number just because of how Carolina's looked. Uh, Nick, I just I don't see it. I think that this is a uh, stylistically not a, a great matchup for Seattle. And also, you're just the, the goaltending for Carolina, even if it doesn't come out as a strength at the year, end of the year, we're saying, man, like, the, the Hurricanes goalie struggled. It's it's not going to be this bad. I think Antti Ronta has like an 822 save percentage or something crazy like that. So 
uh, at some point that'll get better. So this is a, a pass for me. Yeah, and well, like to talk about Carolina's goaltending, I think that the one of the major differences that they're actually not defending well which has basically never happened in the time rod's been there and the time any of these goalies have started for them like they haven't actually played behind like shaky defensive play which is kind of where it's at right now i agree with you i still think this is a little too much of a scary spot like there's you just like listen to the narratives going around carolina and they've been so so consistent i don't quite want to bet it just because i don't know if the number's there they're still getting respect and you know, there are some actual problems, but I, I'm not going to get sucked into the Kraken. Yeah, I was I was doing some reading today, um, and Haxtell said either last night or earlier um, in the week that they have kind of like a hangover effect from overachieving last year. And it's like, he said, I know it sounds silly, but, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like, yeah, we kind of have a hangover effect. It's like, I don't think that's too encouraging from a team that didn't win the Stanley cup having a bit of a hangover effect. So that was a bit alarming. Uh, I was on the Kraken against uh, the wings the other night and I felt like I completely got away with one. They uh, had two power plays in the last five minutes of that game to tie it up and then eventually win it in overtime. So for me here, I look at two teams that are, have had poor starts to the year, but Carolina is a way better team than Seattle. So that's why I see, the, the price is correct here, even though I naturally want to take the dog. So I have landed on under six and a half here. I've already, uh, I already grabbed it and I think it's going to keep going down. So apologies if by the time this is out, six and a half isn't there anymore. But um, I think that this bodes for, uh, I, I envision a scenario in which the Hurricanes just completely make it a bottleneck for the Kraken offensively and the Kraken aren't talented enough to score with limited chances. Yeah, and the one thing I'll throw in there too is I think Ty Karche, you have to watch where his number's at. Yesterday, there was plus 650 out there. And once he was set up on the top line with two guys that can move the puck pretty well, that was like a complete smash. He's going to be a good NHL scorer. He's got a crazy shot. So um, yeah, definitely keep your eye out on that if they don't move it enough. Blue Jackets and Habs right now, uh, two teams with uh, decent starts to the season in terms of their record. The Jackets are a slight dog on the road, plus 105. Montreal is minus 125, and the over-under is uh, six and a half. Both teams coming up losses on the Frozen Frenzy. Columbus to the Ducks in overtime in Montreal. Uh, not the best showing, except for Mike Matheson uh, against the New Jersey Devils. Pretty easy pass for me here, Nick. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Blue Jackets as an underdog. Like, I look at what Montreal's done, and I'd say it's a worse profile. I think the teams are pretty comparable on paper. Um, Jake Allen's looked good, but how much is that going to continue? I just, I look at this and I think that's really their edge. And so I don't mind the Blue Jackets as an underdog here. We kind of talked about this yesterday. I think Montreal has been pretty awful. Like they're 31st in expected goals. That seems 100% fair to me. They've had some tough matchups, but they've just been getting by with the right combination of goals at the right time, goaltending, all of that good stuff, but nothing that I think is, you know, really just profiling as a team that I actually think is good. And the, the Jackets will be bad, don't get me wrong, but they look respectable. Like, they think they're in it to win some games this year, right? Um, so I think not bad getting the Blue Jackets as an underdog here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, uh, Nick. The math here for me is this. Uh, these are two bottom of the league teams or at least you know pretty damn near the bottom of the league uh and so 
I don't think the Habs should be favored really against anyone. I know it's Columbus, but for me, when you see two um, not so great teams like this, I tend to lean towards the underdog. I don't know quite yet if I'm going to play it, but I will say uh, with these bigger slates, I've been having a blast betting round robins for, for people out there. Like I love, love five, five team round robins, two by tens. It's um, I do it with goal scores and I do it a lot with, um, you know, money lines as well. And I think that Columbus could be a good fit here as a, a slight dog into your round robin plays. And as Nick said, I would keep the Bruins out of that because they could be ripe. Yeah. Just throw the ducks in, add some juice or throw the sharks in They're plus two thirty on the road in Tampa. Um, yeah, minus two eighty five for the Lightning and the over under six and a half. I think the the thing here for me is one. I think this number's going up on San Jose. Uh, not saying I'm going to bet it. Two, if you had told me maybe and and things change, of course. So this isn't in like a hundred percent logical thing. But if you had told me on August first that you had an opportunity to bet a team at what will likely be a better price than plus 230, but we'll say plus 230 right now against Jonas Johansson or some guy named Matt Tompkins in goal for another team. Be like, oh, yeah, I don't care who is it that it might, maybe it's the Charlotte Checkers, but I, I might just do it. Um, now, Johansson's been good, and, and I tip of the cap to Nick for that, um, for just wondering if perhaps he he's, he's kind of clicked into gear here, and, and it seems like he has, but. That's the tempting part here is if we get Blackwood in his blistering form against Johansson, like it could be a tempting thing, but I'm really stretching to find anything um, of note on, on to make me want to bet San Jose. Like they just might be a blacklist team uh, right now, Nick. Yeah, I had said this to you. Like I just look at it and think with how bad they look and how many wins they might rack up this year. I actually don't think they're – there being a big enough underdog in a lot of these matchups. We said it versus Boston that I thought Boston was a clear plus EV, EV play based on all the numbers. I thought the same last night versus Florida and Florida played sick. Barkov sat last minute. They played their backup goalie. Like the Sharks have played good teams, but that's basically the exact same script they had versus Carolina. And they're just getting crushed. Like they look horrible. This is like, it looks like they're well below everyone in the league. Um, there's 32nd in pretty much all the analytics and the eye test degrees. So I can't do it with the Sharks here. I think maybe if Johansson's not in, you could do some something, maybe look at the Sharks team totals. But And this is like these are still spots for this Tampa team right now where I'm not like worried about them letting down. They need to rack up the yeah. points. I think they're playing respectably. It should help them kind of – they've had some defensive flaws, but they've kind of come against good teams. And the Johansson thing too, because I think a lot of people are so set on like baiting him just be, and I mean that's the way it was for so many years but when you look at it last season in a tiny sample he actually had really good numbers we talked about this season how he had a really good preseason and now he's had a really really strong start so it's entirely possible that Johansson is actually just going to be not like a pure fade candidate where you can just like put the money down and be like okay he's going to give him some soft give up some softies so there's that level of it too um I don't know. Could be a good yeah, prop game for the Lightning guy. Anymore. Uh, yeah, he's not an auto fade. Back when, uh, back when I was an intern, peek behind the curtain a couple years ago, um, you know, we have this big like chat 
uh, here at Action Network where people send outrageous bets. And back before Leboff even knew who I was, he would be sending in all the time, um, like the Coyotes at plus 425, like our oh, biggest underdog. Like, but when they played like uh, the, the Leafs, like, you know, three, felt like three times in a row or something like that. So, and I, that, that is, I'm thinking of that right now and saying to myself, the Sharks are unbettable pretty much until we start yeah, to get I actually think that's a, a fair point is like the Coyotes were on the road in Toronto when they beat the Leafs like four, over 400. So this Sharks team is worse than that team, obviously. Like that Coyotes team was decent last year relative to expectations. And the Sharks team is basically $2 more expensive than uh, the Coyotes. The and I know the like Leafs are better than – uh, Tampa, like that version of the Leafs is better than this version of Tampa, but meet me somewhere in the middle, right? Like this is, I don't think the numbers are there no. yet. This team is awful. Like they deserve to, to be three. huge dogs. We need, we to, need see... to see like football money line numbers yeah. on these teams when it's like a really good team playing like a team that gets three wins. Jets and wings. So this is an interesting price. I think uh, the Jets are, it's basically a pick them, right? Jets minus one Oh five on the road in Detroit. Uh, wings minus 115 and the over under six and a half. I know James Reimer's in, so that's part of the reason the price is uh, like this, but it just kind of tells you that folks are uh, still kind of skeptical of this Red Wings start. Because uh, not like the, the Jets, Jets are some juggernaut. They're you know, middle of the pack in the in the Western Conference. We uh, don't hate the Jets at all, but the fact that on the road that the Wings near the top of the table in the Eastern Conference are just minus 115, everything's going right for them kind of speaks volumes of people trying to poke holes in the start. Uh, Nick, anything for you here with Winnipeg and Detroit? I lean jets, but I don't think it's anything I need to bet there. Uh, you look at the jets and the flames game was pretty impressive. The Florida game was really impressive. They lost to the Kings in the one that was a true letdown that night's game. We know I thought was a bad beat. It was one of our picks thought they were pretty good. Pretty quality win Saturday in Edmonton. Hellebuck had to be good, but he's supposed to be the number one reason the Jets are good. So reasonable. And then last night, pretty decent versus the Blues. So I, I think that their record is a little misleading. I had noted that entering that game versus uh, the Blues last night, like it was the biggest favorite they've been this season and they took advantage. And I just look at this. I still think it's very possible that the Jets are the better team out of these two, right? And this price kind of suggests that. So I, I kind of see this as Jets or Pass. Tim? I've it's funny, I've um I've heard people say before when talking about betting on the NFL, um, you know, the market has gotten sharper over the years. And I've heard some people say this line, which is three, would have been six like ten years ago. Uh, you know, like a team that had an embarrassing Monday night football loss and you know, you want to back them because the whole world's thinking they suck. And this line is kind of like that for me with the wings, where we all kind of wanna fade the wings because we think you know they can't be this good but this is like a line where it's like you know maybe five years ago we would have got the jets at a better you know big plus money price like a plus 120 or something like that and we're just not so like they i'm not taking the cheese here fair enough um islanders hosting the senators uh i think this might be the biggest regular season game in the history of the nhl two teams desperately needing a win uh on, on some losing streaks They'll be gutting it out for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference race. They just don't make them like this anymore, man. This would this would be Sunday night football if it, if uh, the NHL had flex games. Uh, Senators plus one hundred five in 
UBS Arena Islanders hosting them at minus 125. Uh, total of six. There was some a chance that Brady Kachuk would miss this game through suspension. I think the right decision was made there that he didn't get uh, the instigator uh, automatic one game suspension uh, with his tussle with Alex Tuck. I don't think that this price is all that interesting. I do think Matt Barzell as an anytime goal scorer, uh, once again, is interesting. He's shooting the pucks. He's getting good spots. Horvat is good enough to find him. Um, and that's something that he just hasn't had. So uh, Barzell, uh, just try to see what his prices are. That would be the one thing that I have of note. And I want to also say that Ilya Sorokin has given up five goals and back-to-back starts, and he's been incredible in both of them. It's so <laughs> outrageous uh, and speaks to the Islanders' struggles right now in defense. Tim, what do you got? Uh, this is probably going to be a pass for me because I'm not quite sure who the Senators are. It's kind of like the Red Wings situation. You know, on this podcast, I should be able to provide you more detail, you know, be the one to provide the insight on who they actually are. But I really, I get concerned with Islanders games, especially because I don't know whose style of game they're going to play. Or, you know, when they play a team like uh, like Colorado the other night, like I, I thought that if, um, the Islanders could drag Colorado into their game. It would bode well for the Islanders. Never saw like nine goals in that game ever coming. So I, I have a problem with these in, in that I don't know whose style of game they're going to play. And you've mentioned too, Leboff, that the Sens have uh, some deficiencies in net, at least with the matchup with the Islanders. And also note, like things kind of seem to be, there seems to be a little bit of smoke in the Senators camp as well. Um, I know it's like just a two game losing streak, but then the thing with Anton Forsberg being pulled and Travis Hamannick had to be the one to tell him on the ice. And there's just a lot of media pressure on that team in general to get off to a hot start. It looked like they were going to, and now they're three and three. So whether you want to factor that into handicapping hockey games is totally up to you, but just something to keep in mind here, Nick. Yeah. I, the, I mean, I kind of like the sins here. I think they're playing a lot better as a team, but like I said to you, I just don't want to fade Sorokin with middling-looking Sens goaltending. I still think it should be better than it's been, but, I mean, they're not... They hung around with the Devils and the Avs and pretty much got caved in, and that actually kind of, like, scares me a little bit here because I'm like, they're going to be able to, you know, probably handle the Senators a little better and give Sorokin a little more chance to steal a game. So I lean Sens, but I, I don't really see much value here. All right, uh, Blues and Flames now. Uh, speaking of media pressure, the, the Flames, man. Uh, what is going on up there in Nick's neck of the woods? The Blues are plus 150 on the road. Flames minus 180. Uh, over under is six. I rarely would thought I was going to say this early in the season, but it's, it's Blues or nothing here at this price. I just don't know if there's this big of a difference between where these two teams are right now. And if you were to say these, the, the Flames play – like a 65, 35% game against the blues and just tilting the ice. I think the blues have a decent chance of still winning that game because of their finishing <laughs> against the flames finishing. So, uh, and the goaltending matchup with, with Bennington in, in decent form uh, to start the season, uh, Tim blues and flames. Yeah. Calgary, Calgary's lost three in a row. Um, I think you, 
I think you nailed it in saying that there's, I don't see much difference between these two teams compared to what the price is. So I think it's blues or nothing. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of shocked by how much love the flames are getting here. I, I, I just don't see, I, it's, it's, it could get real ugly there. So like it's similar kind of to the Pittsburgh situation when I'm like, Oh, I'm going to back Pittsburgh as a dog here. Um, similar situation going on in Calgary, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not laying minus 180 with the flames yeah. with that situation. I don't, I'm not like that. It's that dead set on buy low because this, this is too expensive of a price. So the blues are pesky enough to make this a ball game. Yeah. You can't bet Calgary here. I don't think at what point is it not that complicated that this team doesn't have talents to finish these plays, right? Like if Huberto's going to look pretty middling offensively, Calgary looks horrific. Then who's really that good of a, a scoring threat on this team as much as they can control play and that sort of thing. I, I think their decor is excellent. It's their huge advantage over St. Louis and could help them like lead to a win here. In theory, they should still have a goaltending advantage, but um, yeah, you're banking on a lot. I think to bet Calgary on these prices when they just continue not to pay off over and over. They're a team that's kind of crying out for something like, like Dustin Wolf getting called up and starting a few games or something like that. It feels like I, yeah, that would make some sense. Yeah. <laughs> They've been crying out for something for two yeah. years. No, That's I, the I, thing. I and I just feel like now, like another year of their stars looking like bad. I'm like, okay, yeah, this this offense is just kind of flat. Like it, it is what it is, I think. I remember the, the Flames beat writer for Sportsnet. Uh, the, their first preseason game or their first one where they dressed their starters, they were playing a Canucks C team basically. And Uberdo looked awesome. Like in the first period, he scored a couple goals, and he was like, "This guy is full of confidence. Like this is, this is looks like a weight is lifted off his shoulders." And I was all I was thinking was, "I can't wait till we get to like November first, and and Uberdo is is struggling." And I want to. I actually think too, like he's been decent. Like Kadri, it's like, what are you him. doing? It like doesn't even. It's like hard to believe he was ever. Wasn't it only, not last season, but the year before that like three months into the year, he was a borderline MVP yeah. candidate. Yeah, with the abs. Like that seems I mean, literally Just think about how like big of a deal it was with him getting hurt in that Stanley Cup run. And everyone's like, I don't know, man. Like he's... If, yeah, and he scored some yeah, huge goals like for them too. Yeah. yeah. They could use like a, like a Daryl Sutter. To kind of <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely could. Uh, speaking of teams that could use a jolt, the uh, Edmonton Oilers are... Uh, really in trouble uh right now they're even money home underdogs against the new york rangers uh the rangers minus 120 and the total six and a half i think that this game sets up really well if you're a rangers backer and i think that i would lean towards the rangers here to same game parlay it with the under because they're defending so well and if they get drawn into more of a back and forth offensive freak show with the Oilers team it's gonna dilute their chances to win but if you think that the Rangers are a good bet here and you want to have some fun late at night I would parlay it with the under because if they defend the way they have especially without McDavid um the scary thing of course is that they could hang eight on the Oilers themselves uh, with the way the goaltending is going but I just think a low event game really really benefits the Rangers uh I would lean towards the Rangers I actually think the Rangers at minus 120 are bettable Anything past that maybe is a little too much uh, going against the Oilers despite the start and McDavid being out. But that's how I'm looking to play this, Nick. 
Yeah, the my one fear with that, I, I agree. I think the Rangers are the more valuable side. And as you say, it's just like the Oilers are going to need to score their way out of games right now. Like that's what we're seeing. They're falling back into that rhythm, right? They've probably defended slightly better than I think people would say. Like it's been ugly and they're clearly, everyone's talking about how they're adjusting to their new end zone defense and that all that, but they are getting like league bottom goaltending. And it's like a bit of a, a bit of both, right? Cause maybe the defense is a little worse than the analytics suggest, but like they've, not defended great they're getting horrific goaltending um you know the jack campbell thing is like hilarious right now i just had a moment where i was thinking about the vesna call and i had had a chuckle there but um, <laughs> you say that? Still, season, like this is just, just not to call insane. anyone out here but yeah not gonna know. mention my hughes call in, though not gonna mention enough. my hughes call <laughs> hey i did mention that yesterday i said that hughes looks like a great call so I don't know. The goaltending sucks. They're going to need a way to score their way out of it. I think that scares me a little bit. And yeah, the Rangers are playing really solid. Like, it was another really quality game last night. So it's going to be really interesting heading into this Heritage Classic. Right. An elimination, <laughs> like, elimination game. Uh, yes. Outdoors. Uh, you will be in attendance uh, with our colleague and Andy McNeil. For that, I should note that. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on Rangers and Oilers. Then, uh, Nick, I'm going to, after that, I'll pass it to you for any thoughts on Friday sleep. Oh, and I should throw in, too. I think Mika Zabinijad, depending on what number you're going to get, that's the thing. He's still getting priced like an elite goal scorer. But he's been pressing. He's had really good two games here, I think. Like, that goal is coming. And this could be the spot, right? Like, he's, I, I, I like the way, like, the kind of shots he should be able to get off with how Edmonton's been breaking down in the zone and no faith in Campbell or Skinner at all right now. So, Maybe could be the night for that. Nick, the Oilers don't allow a lot of quality chances. Okay, I don't, I don't really know where you got where you got that from. <laughs> well, it's been. I mean, it seemed reasonable to think it could be better this year, right? Like it's been. I thought it was gonna be better than I got sold on it a little bit. The whole I, time I, I've you, been at action, I've done great, just being like this Oilers team sucks. I don't know what you guys are seeing. Like, but all you, the- you, uh, you mentioned a good point with like changing um, their D structure and. Not to bore anyone, but there's a great piece in The Athletic about the amount of teams that have changed from man to zone, especially this year. And I think that uh, if you keep an eye and circle the teams that are going through that change, look, this is early in the season. We mentioned small sample size. Part of that could have to do with, hey, is this team struggling because uh, they just suck or are they struggling because they're having a hard time switching from man to zone? So. Yeah, and that's where it's been the worst combination for the Oilers because there's been some that has just been defensive breakdowns and uh, and they're not getting any saves at all. Like they have the league lowest high danger save percentage. So, yeah. And as as for this game too, I would say that um, the Oilers or the Rangers are a tough read for me because um, in my in my head, you can't. It's going to be near impossible for me to grade the Rangers until playoffs come because right like we know they're good but like it's kind of like they've already passed the they've already passed hockey 101 they've already passed the baseline exam it's the the this team it's all going to be about what they do in may so that's why they're a hard regular season read for me but the oilers it's so ugly there i can't i i can't be on either side here all right uh let's quickly look ahead to friday um decent uh, amount of games to choose from for a Friday night in the NHL, Nick. Uh, one in particular stands out to you. So 
uh, give give the listeners a little bit of a treat and a, uh, a Friday look ahead spot. Yeah, so I always sit there and look for these spots that are just going to be like a a perfect bet. Everything's setting up well, and maybe I'm being a little favorable to the Caps, but I think with what will likely be a flurry start and probably like a pick'em price, the Caps could be a really good bet on Friday. Pretty sure I'll at least be in it for a unit because they really haven't been that bad. Like they're, I mean, they're a little bit like the Flames right now. I'd say where like you're, it's probably natural that they're not going to finish that much, and their stars aren't going to steal them any games anymore. But I thought the Toronto performance was quite unlucky, and that overall it's been quite reasonable. Like they have an expected goal share right around league average, and I think that's been pretty fair to their play. Kemper's been pretty middling. I don't, I, don't, I still think he should be a better than average goaltender this year. As hard as that is to predict, so. With Philly playing, or with Minnesota playing a fairly tough game in Philly on Thursday, I'm kind of having that one circled as when it opens up Thursday before that, that uh, or when it opens Thursday, the game's Friday, it'll probably be a good bet at that point to take the Cavs. I think it's one of those ones, it seems like odds makers and people don't always piece these together until a little late, later on. And it just seems like one's going to work in the Cavs' favor pretty significantly everything. So yeah, I, that's kind of one that I'm really liking. All right, uh, on to the to the best bets. I should note that I'll probably be on the Coyotes in that return leg in the home and home against the, the Kings because I'm expecting that. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. Um. All right, uh, best bets now. I'm gonna go first because we talked about this game quite a bit already. Uh, I like the Flyers uh, as a plus uh, one ten underdog against the Wild. Philly at home as a dog. This price pretty similar to what uh, we saw when Vancouver came to town earlier in the season. Uh, and I think you could have very reasonably say that you got to upgrade Philly um, since that game and the way they played, as long as Carter Hart starts, uh, they should uh, be in uh, a decent, uh, a decent spot against the, the wild who have been, I think uneven uh, throughout and, and aren't as deep without Spurgeon and Boldy. So give me the, the flyers in, uh, a good spot at home. Tim, your favorite bet. Yeah, and um, we didn't touch on it because we're saving it for this part of it, but uh, the Stars minus uh, in the 120 range right now against the Leafs. I think this comes down to the Stars, I think, can play a – the Stars can play a better style of hockey than the Leafs. And if the Stars can play their game, totally, totally, totally – favorable to them the Leafs have been eh, okay and I think we're gonna get uh Samsonov here and I'm not um not stoked about uh if I was a Leafs fan I wouldn't be stoked about that the Stars they just don't make a lot of mistakes and the Leafs love to capitalize on mistakes they're dangerous all the time I think the Stars just kind of uh stifle the uh, Leafs offense yeah I'm with you I think that this price looks a little cheap on on Dallas against the Leafs team that is winning games, but they're winning games in spite of some really poor defense. And what we'll say it a lot that what made them a, a truly elite team over the past couple of seasons was that they had this uh, dynamic offense backed up by one of the best defensive teams in, in the league. So I think that the stars should be able to cope with what the Leafs throw at them uh, offensively. And that gives them a, a decent chance here. It's, it's definitely styles make bites kind of matchup because the stars are struggling 
uh, offensively, Nick, and the Leafs are struggling defensively. Yeah, I, I just can't do it. I think, like, when you talk about... It, to me, it just looks like the Stars are getting fair credit here, right? Like, they're a slight favorite over a team that'll probably finish with the same amount of points as them. But, um, yeah, it obviously hasn't been entirely convincing team play with Toronto. But that's the other thing that's so annoying, is their superstars are just better than everyone else's superstars, except basically Edmonton, right? And, like, Nylander and Tavares are looking so lethal on the second line that they just make such a tough matchup. The power play is really good. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm not with Samsonov in for sure. You can't hate fading him. If, if he's back in right now, you just can't figure it out. Um, but yeah, I, I can see both sides of it. You know, I, I always, the floor is just so low for Toronto with their stars, right? Like they can just sleepwalk through a game like they did in Washington. And then it's just create those looks that are going to go in and, and, you know, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to um, – I want to also throw in that, you know, you mentioned the styles make fights things, and uh, the Stars have solid defensively, have struggled to score goals. The Leafs, quite the opposite. It's – the handicap for me is I can envision the Stars getting closer to scoring goals than I can the Leafs uh, fixing up their defensive deficiencies, you know, in a night. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the Stars, though, did – I mean, they, they ran pretty good in Pittsburgh the other night, too, I'd say. So, yeah, they scored a goal with Alex Nadelkovich. It'll be a game to watch, the, for sure. In the face-off circle, so that definitely... Well, and giving up one, like, that was pretty generous, too. I mean, I get that they have an elite goalie, so... Uh, all right, uh, Nick, you can close out the week with your favorite bet for Thursday night. Yeah, so my favorite bet for Thursday is the over 6.5 in the Avs and Penguins game. I think what Tim said really helped to start making my case for this over where he's kind of talking about how the pens are going to be in this and that they have the offensive upside, all of that stuff. The number one thing that I think is going on with the pens that is unlikely to continue is that they're shooting, uh, they're tw- they're, whatever it is, their shooting percentage is like bottom five. And the chances have been pretty decent. Like I think that'd be the one positive you could say if you're a pens fan right now is that what they've created would on average lead to more goals with this team everyone would have expected them to be a pretty strong over team, right? So, and then you talk about the potential that the Avs don't start Georgiev too. This just becomes a spot where I think locking in the over now is pretty great. Um, The Pens have struggled uh, badly to defend the rush. Again, I still, I mean, you're going to have Letang or Carlson out there half the game. That's never going to make them extremely strong on that front. So um, I think we can kind of count on the abs to get their share in this, but I like it as a good spot to bet on the pens to bounce back offensively. So I, I think it just sets up well as a great game for both teams to, you know, I think they both project project a score past three in this matchup. So like it. All right. And, and Tim and I already said that we'd lean towards, well, he, he likes the penguins. I'd, I'd lead towards Pittsburgh as well. Uh, in that one, and that does it for today's episode of line change uh, off the top. Our favorite underdogs were, Flyers, uh, the Penguins, and the Ducks. Best bets, uh, the Flyers for me. Nick liked the over in Colorado and Pittsburgh, and Tim likes Dallas as a home favorite against the Maple Leafs. Whether you are tailing, fading, however you want to play it, uh, we wish you the best of luck with all your bets on Thursday night, and we will see you again next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.